Hello, Miami Dolphin fans. Welcome to the same old Dolphin Show. Now part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Brain, here we are. Moving into week 13 of the NFL season, the Miami Dolphins find themselves in a very strange place. I mean, it's not a strange place. It's a place they're very familiar with. They're five and six. They are a game back in the wild card chase, but I really feel like in a lot of ways, the Dolphins were, for all intents and purposes, eliminated from that wild card race. It's just going to be a very tough road to go down for the Miami Dolphins in this these last few weeks to make the playoffs. And on the other side of the coin, the Dolphins find themselves in a position where the more they lose in these last five games, the better their draft position is going to be and the better placed they are going to be to draft one of the few a big-time quarterback uh, draft or a quarterback quarterbacks that are going to be available in this draft, right? There's only a couple of big prospects, is the word I was looking for, that uh, that are highly touted as having NFL potential. And the, the, the more the Dolphins lose down the stretch, the, the better off they're going to be. But the other sort of layer in this is you've got Adam Gase and this coaching staff probably needing to win some of these games in order to not find themselves out on the street. At the end of the season, because if Adam Gase really wants to keep his job, you really can't imagine him dropping the final seven games of the season and having that be a good situation for him in order to get his job back next year. So Adam Gase and his band of merry men, Dowell Loggins, Matt Burke, all those guys. (laughs) He's Robin Hood now? Yeah, he's apparently Robin Hood. Uh, he's going to he's gonna need to get some wins here down the stretch. But the Dolphins have five games remaining. And those five games, there are a few of them that you look at and you go, they're winnable games. The, the big ones are the two games remaining against the Bills and the game against the Jaguars. But I think the other thing you can say is the Bills are getting hot. The Jaguars have benched future Hall of Famer Blake Bortles (laughs) and are going with Cody Kessler now. So they're trying to figure out something. But, I mean, you could also say that there are five losable games here for the Miami Dolphins coming up down the stretch. And and you did the Every game is losable when you're the Miami Dolphins. Well, that that is also true. Um, So as we come down the stretch here, the Dolphins find themselves in a place where – they're in that middle ground where it's like, eh, there's the playoffs and ah, there's losing out. And I don't know. I feel pretty confident that the Dolphins will win probably two of these last games and finish seven to nine because that's what they do. But I guess really the question is, as we go into this week to preview our game against the Buffalo Bills, the question that I have for you, Brain, in light of the fact that in our last show, we talked about how the Dolphins are in fact, miles away from the Saints and the Chiefs and the Rams, but not significantly better, even though I think we're we're better as far as talent than the Raiders and the, the Cardinals and the 49ers. I guess the question that I have for you is, are we better than the Bills? 
Yes, I believe we are better than the Bills. Can we beat the Bills? Sure. Sure we can. And I fully expect us to beat the Bills this Sunday. Um, But I don't necessarily think that that's a great thing. And it, it's certainly nothing to celebrate, but of course, look for your for your Dolphins optimist that wants to think that hey, we can make the playoffs this year, and that's what that's all about, and you know, just get us to the tournament, and we'll see what happens. It, you know, it, it'd be a great thing if we could make the playoffs. That'd be twice in three years. What an accomplishment that would be for Adam Gase, especially with all the injuries and blah blah blah. You know, I I get it. And for those people, uh, look, the season is not over. Uh, If you beat the Bills, you go to six and six. If you if you get some help, you know, you're you're still right there. Obviously, you've left yourself no margin for error and you're going to need to win one of those. You're probably going to need to win one of those games between uh at least one between the New England game and the in the Minnesota game, which both of those games seem highly unlikely that the Dolphins would win. And then in addition, they're they're going to need to win the rest of their games. And if the, even if they win four of the last five to finish nine and seven, they're still going to need some help. Uh, so there's a lot that needs to happen for them to make the playoffs. And my whole contention is even if all of that happens it doesn't mean anything because this team is not going anywhere. You're just, you're propping up an arbitrary accomplishment. Like you're making the cool, you're making the playoffs. But you know, I mentioned this at the end of last year's regular season. I I made the comment, I, I sent the tweet out and I got a lot of backlash about it. And I said, the bills making the playoffs. Remember the bills made the playoffs last year. The Bills making the playoffs last year meant as much as the Dolphins making the playoffs the year before. Neither team is any closer to winning a championship. The The Dolphins were no closer to winning a championship the year before when they made the playoffs, and the Bills were no closer than the Dolphins to, making, to winning a championship when they made the playoffs last year. And we're in the same situation where we're coming into this game where the Dolphins are 5-6 and six and the Bills are 4-7, and seven, and neither team is anywhere near winning a championship. And it, what it goes to show you is that simply making the playoffs does not mean anything unless you just want to make it an accomplishment. Because at the end of the day, it's not about getting to the playoffs. It's about, one, what you do when you get there. And two, it's about being a consistently good team that can challenge for championships on a yearly basis or on a somewhat yearly basis so that you're constantly in the mix. To get to the playoffs once every handful of years or in the Dolphins case, once every, you know, eight or nine years and then only to lose in the first round. And even if you get out of the first round, you know, getting outclassed the, the, the following round, really never having a hope of being a championship team. It really is meaningless. Uh, so you really need to take a step back and say, what is what, what is best for this franchise and how do we get to where we want to be, which is being that consistent championship contender. And I think that there's, there's a couple ways that you can get there. Uh, one way is that you can build an elite defense 
and have a serviceable offense. And if the plan is to keep Ryan Tannehill around, uh, you know, for any kind of foreseeable future, look, you're never going to have an elite offense. So you're going to need to to have that elite defense. And we seem pretty far away. Granted, you know, we can get into the argument about how much or how little talent is on there, whether it's talent or whether it's coaching. We did a little bit of that uh, in our wrap up show following the game against the Colts. Uh, but, you know, it's, I don't want to beat a dead horse. Obviously, we both are in agreement that Matt Burke is not a good defensive coordinator and that he's got to go and that he probably will be gone at the end of this regular season. But even if you think that there's some talent on this defense, I think it's hard to believe that this is going to be an elite defense uh, next season. I, I think it's going to take at least a couple of years for them to continue building this thing to get that defense to an elite level. And then on the offensive end, if you're not winning with an elite defense, uh, you've got to do it with an elite quarterback. You know, we talked about the, there's two ways that you win in this league, that you win a championship. You're either winning with an elite quarterback or you're winning with a great defense. There are, there have been a few exceptions to the rule, but they've been very few and far between. I, I, off the top of my head, I would say the, the really the only exception to that would be probably Joe Flacco and Eli Manning, where you've got, you know, the fringe you know, the, the good quarterbacks who are, who are, you know, better than your above average quarterbacks, but they aren't really like elite quarterbacks. And then they had defenses that weren't great for the majority of the year, but turned it up when the, when the postseason came around and then so too did the quarterbacks. But I don't think that one, that Ryan Tannehill is even as good as Joe Flacco or Eli Manning were in those years. And I don't, I've seen nothing from our defense that has shown me that they're anywhere near that level where even if they aren't consistently great, that they have that ceiling of being a top five defense. So how do you get there? Well, you got to get there by accruing really good draft picks and you could, you could look, you could, you could hope and pray that we, that we go nine and seven if we go 10 and six and we, we sneak into the playoffs. Uh, but even if we got there, we'd get smashed and then we'd end up with like the number 20 pick in the draft. Um, or you could, you could root for us. I mean, rooting doesn't matter. I mean, that doesn't have any bearing on it, but what would be better for this team? You could come to the, uh, to the realization that what's best for this team is to lose football games right now. Because if they lose out, especially with games, uh, with two games against Buffalo and a game against Jacksonville, that game against Jacksonville could potentially be for the rights to draft a quarterback with the top five or top six pick in this draft. And from what I've seen and what from and what I've read, there are two quarterbacks worth taking in the first round. And they are uh, Herbert from Oregon and Drew Locke from Missouri. Personally, I'm a fan of Drew Locke. And I think that he would be a – I think he, he looks to be a prototypical NFL quarterback, a gunslinger who has learned in his senior year to limit mistakes and be more of a cerebral quarterback. I think – I think those are probably the only two quarterbacks in this draft that really project to be franchise quarterbacks. 
And then you have to look at the teams that would potentially be looking to draft a quarterback ahead of the Dolphins. And one of those teams, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Another one of those teams, a team that currently has the same record as the Miami Dolphins, the Denver Broncos. Another team, potentially the Oakland Raiders. Now, the Dolphins are three games ahead of the Raiders and have a head-to-head victory over them. So it's hard to imagine that they'll be picking ahead of the Raiders. But outside of those teams, uh, I guess maybe Tampa. Uh, The New York Giants. Certainly, certainly the Giants. Certainly the Giants and, you know, possibly the Lions. But if you could get to a point where you are in the top five, you know, and then let's say Oakland isn't trying to draft a quarterback. Let's say that they decide they want to stick with uh, with Derek Carr. Then you're in that position right there where you could get one of these franchise quarterbacks to fall to you. But you're only going to get that. If you lose out and I know it's like, well, come on, do you really want us to like how, how bad are we if we end up losing out and we end up finishing five and 11, we lose, we get swept by the bills. We lose to a Jacksonville team that's reeling. And, and I just say, well, you know, are we that much worse if we go five and 11 than we would be if we go seven and nine? Cause I don't see much of a difference. The only difference that I see is a team that won a couple of meaningless games in December or late November, have you? Well, with all of that said, the Dolphins have a big matchup this Sunday at Hard Rock Stadium against the Buffalo Bills. Now, the highlight of this day is going to be the induction of five new players into the Dolphins' ring of honor, including John Offerdahl, Mark Clayton, Mark Duper, Jason Taylor as well. Um... A lot of big names from the history of the Miami Dolphins organization. That's Should John Offerdahl really be in the Ring of Honor? Yeah, absolutely. If for no other reason than for the for basically starting the bagel joint that led to Einstein Brothers Bagels. Yeah, I mean, it, we're kind of watering it down at this point, aren't we? Listen, I I, I think John Offerdahl is a, is a great player, was a great Miami Dolphin, and deserves to be in the Dolphins uh, Ring of Honor. I, I I'm I'm all in on that. Um, but at any rate, we have this game against the Bills and the Bills are a team that are starting to put some things together. And I think you could say that they're certainly, their, their record is certainly better than anybody expected it to be at the beginning of the season. A lot of the prognosticators out there were saying that they would be surprised if this Bills team won more than two games. And in fact, they've won four and there are still five games to go. So lots of room here for the Bills to to win some more football games. In fact, if the Bills win this game on Sunday, the Bills will be ahead of the Miami Dolphins for second place in the AFC East, which is really something to think about. So the big thing that the Bills are going to do is cause the the Dolphins problems, I think, on both sides of the ball. Uh, first of all, they like to run the ball. They like to be their run-heavy offense, and the Dolphins' run defense can't stop much of anything. At this point. And then on top of that, they've got Josh Allen, who is an athletic quarterback who can throw the ball, but is also a mobile quarterback who can run around and who had 99 yards on the ground last week in his game against Jacksonville. So my question for you, Brain, is how do the Dolphins stop 
this Buffalo Bills offense, which for long chunks of the season was completely inept. But now that they have their guy, Josh Allen, back, are starting to look like maybe there's maybe there's some danger there for the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, he certainly makes them more dangerous and he's got a big arm and he's got, you know, that athleticism. And that those are the reasons why that why he was drafted where he is, why the Bills basically traded uh, a first round pick to move up. You know, they traded two first rounders to move up, you know, to get uh, Josh Allen with the 11th pick or or whatever pick. I guess it wasn't the 11th. What was it? The, the seventh pick? whatever it was, uh, a couple picks before the Dolphins. Um, and he was a guy that I was really high on in the draft and a guy that I, I really wanted to fall to Miami. I, I would have loved for Miami to get Josh Allen. Uh, but, he, you know, he's kind of erratic. Uh, LaShawn McCoy is kind of a shell of himself. He, he, he'll still have flashes here and there. But – I don't know. I mean, they certainly an impressive performance last week against the Jaguars, but I think, you know, I, there's not a lot of weapons there on that Buffalo team. And I, I think if you just, if you just, uh, you know, don't give up the big play and you stop the running game, I, I feel like you, you could contain this Bills offense. It doesn't really scare me. Um, I look at the teams that have given the Dolphins the biggest problems offensively. Um, you know, for their offense as uh, against Miami's defense, it has been teams that have elite quarterbacks where the Dolphins have gone all out trying to uh, trying to stop the passing game, trying to to get after the quarterback, uh, dropping into coverage, that kind of thing. And they've left gaping holes in the running game when the Dolphins have really beefed up to stop the run against teams that they knew we're going to try to run the football uh, like the Jets, even though Sam Darnold is a very talented quarterback, uh, the Dolphins have had success. And the Dolphins defense has also had success in forcing turnovers, which is something that Josh Allen is prone to do, is turning the football over. So I think, you know, Allen will have some plays where he's going to wow you. He's going to have some plays where he wows you with his arms, some plays where he wows you with his legs, but he's also going to make some mistakes. And I think the Dolphins defense will have a decent day at the office. On the other side of the ball, Buffalo is also very good. Their their defense is pretty stout and and has stopped uh, teams with much more powerful offenses than the Miami Dolphins. So what does the Dolphins offense need to do? A Dolphins offense that, mind you, is going to be without Danny Amendola in this game. Uh, they have now also, they've sent Jakeem Grant officially to the IR and promoted Isaiah Ford to the main roster. So Isaiah Ford gets called up from NXT to the main roster of WWE to take on the Bills. Um, but, I mean, if if his promotion is anything like Carew's promotion, it's going to be some time before we see him actually incorporated into the offense. So what can we expect to see from this Dolphins offense that is really just in all kinds of trouble with their wide receivers? I mean, their top three, top four wide receivers this year have all missed time, which is pretty remarkable when you think about it. So you've got the Dolphins who are hurting at wide receiver, um, obviously, I, I think we can probably expect to see a lot of Frank Gore and Kenyon Drake in this offense. 
Um, maybe a little bit more Durham Smythe, maybe a little bit more Mike Kosicki. What what do the Dolphins need to do offensively in order to beat a very tough, strong Buffalo defense? I think you're going to see pretty much what you saw last week, and that was, uh, look, if they can run the ball, they should be able to move it. And I thought it was pretty impressive how they were able to move the ball uh, against the Colts, uh, especially doing it on the ground against a Colts team that had been very stout against the run. And I think that it kind of gets overshadowed. We, You hear a lot of people that will you know, blame the Dolphins' woes on the play of the offensive line and on injuries, and they've certainly had their issues this year, uh, especially the interior of that offensive line with injuries and poor play. But the past couple of weeks, the offensive line, while it hasn't been great and it's had its moments where it's looked bad, by and large has played pretty solid. And they've opened up running lanes. The Dolphins have been able to run. Frank Gore has looked really good. Kenyon Drake has torn up a, a couple of big runs and then has also looked good in the passing game. I think we can move the ball. Uh, the 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 question for me with this offense and as far as receivers, I mean, you, you've got a healthy Kenny Stills. You got Devontae Parker. Uh, Leontay Carew will get some run. Um, you will see Mike Kosicki. You'll see Durham Smythe. Um, you might see a little bit more of Kalen Balaj, although, I mean, it seems like they just bring him in and every time they bring him in, it's just like you're, they're going to throw a swing pass to him and everybody knows that it's coming. Um, but there's, there's enough there, uh, to move the ball against Buffalo. And I, I think that they'll have success if they're able to run the football and, uh, they've been surprisingly good at it, but the problem is going to be as it always is, do they get big plays? And if they don't get the big plays, can they finish drives once they get into the red zone? Uh, because, you know, even even looking back at the game last week where I said, you know, they had a, a, a few, they had like three sustained drives that got them points and then they had the one big play. Well, even that first drive, really it was, it was a couple of big plays and then, and then a, like a 33 yard touchdown run. Like those are the kinds of plays that the Dolphins need to score points because the Dolphins, as they get closer and closer to the goal line, closer and closer to the end zone, and those windows get smaller, uh, one, they, they haven't been able to run as effectively. And two, Ryan Tannehill, uh, just is not as, good throwing in those tighter windows. He becomes more hesitant, uh, less decisive. And, you know, that's where, uh, his mistakes get, get maximized. And that's where you really see the difference in him and an elite quarterback. And so are we able, are we going to be able to make big plays? That's what it comes down to. And that's what it's going to come down to every week with this offense, because if we don't make big plays, then we're looking at trying to win a game where we score like 20 points which in today's NFL is is not usually enough. not enough. Not enough, you know, especially the, when you have the Dolphins' the, defense. Yeah, in like the 80s and the early 90s, you know, you could get 20 points. If you if you score 20 points a game, you know, that, that could win you a lot of games. But, uh, you know, in today's NFL, I mean, if you're not up around 24 to 26 points, um, you're, you're fighting a losing battle unless you've got a great defense. Which the Dolphins... Do not have. 
So that's going to lead us to prediction time. It's time for us to predict what is going to happen as the Dolphins host the Bills. So, Brain, I'm going to give you the honors of going first. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see the Dolphins. Uh, I would. What I would love to see most is for the offense to have a good game and for us just to get out-dueled because we're just schematically bad on defense and Josh Allen just has a, has an impressive game where he just has like a coming out party where it's just like, man, this guy is just going to be really good. And then you just look at it and you say, well, at least the offense played well, but you lost the game and you lose something like 34-31. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that the offense is going to do enough. I think Josh Allen is going to make some mistakes and the defense will will do enough for the Dolphins to come away with a victory. But I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I've got the Dolphins winning this one. And I'll say it's 26 to 24 Miami. And we win on a game ending game winning field goal by Jason Sanders. A very good prediction, a very bold prediction from Aaron the Brain. Um, I would like to now share, before I give my tweet, or my, my, my prediction, I would like to read a tweet from Jason Leeser of the uh, Palm Beach Post, although he's only with the Palm Beach Post for, I think this is his last game covering the Dolphins for the Post. He, he has apparently taken a new job in Chicago covering the Bears, but he had a brilliant, uh, brilliant, brilliant post a few days ago, and, and his tweet was the following. For those following along at home, we are at the part of this year's Dolphins season where they stay one game out of the playoffs until Christmas while meandering towards the 16th pick in the draft. Turn to page 43 of your handbook for the home game versus Buffalo to prop up false hope. I think that's a brilliant tweet by Jason Leeser. Yep. It's, it is completely correct. It is paints such an accurate picture of the Miami Dolphins. And it is exactly what is going to happen. Because this Sunday, I am predicting that the Miami Dolphins are going to put up 37 points against the Buffalo Bills while giving up only 18. That's right. The Dolphins offense is going to explode for 37 points in a 37-18 to 18 victory at home against the Buffalo Bills to bring their record to 6-6. Six and six. I also expect a couple of these 6-5 and five teams, maybe the Ravens, maybe the Colts will each lose a game. Uh, and so we're going to have this whole big conversation about how the Dolphins are back, back in the playoff race again after this game. And uh, everybody's going to be all excited, all excited for the playoffs when in actuality we are, in fact, meandering towards that 16th pick in the draft because we will then almost certainly uh, lose to New England and to Minnesota and probably... Probably beat Jacksonville and then lose in Buffalo to end the season seven and nine. But, you know, that this is what we do because this is, in fact, the same old Dolphins. Before we wrap up the show today, uh, I want to share a couple of one hot takes that we got from the, the listeners on Twitter. But before we do that, a reminder that you should follow us on Twitter at same old Dolphins. You can follow the brain at Aaron the Brain. I'm at Amplified to Rock on Twitter. We're also at Facebook, facebook.com slash same old dolphins. We encourage you to download, rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also find every episode of our show 
on SoundCloud. And of course, we are now members of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network, your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. So make sure you are checking that out every day. Um, We are still working on getting the podcast on other platforms. I would look for more progress on that. Probably, uh, maybe by the time we do our next preview show, I will have had some significant time to sit down and and try to get that sorted out. But anyway, um, that's where you can find us now. On to the hot takes. Are you ready? Yes. And I don't know whether or not Angry Al from Port St. Lucie uh, read that tweet by Jason Leeser, but he says, the Dolphins will win an inch even closer to the 16th pick of the draft. Remarkable, remarkable. Uh, the Dolphins end zone says every win now screws this team in the draft. That's the truth. And I think you and he are on the same page there. I mean, I think everybody is pretty much on the same page here. That is pretty much the truth there. Um, Joe Hedberg says the Dolphins should have drafted Josh Allen, which I mean, they didn't really have the opportunity yeah, to do so. They, I mean, Buffalo had more assets to trade, uh, to move up, to get that, that pick. So there really wasn't anything the dolphins could do. Certainly we didn't, uh, dolphins didn't have the necessary artillery to make the moves in order to make that happen. Um, and just think for a second, what this defense would be like if it didn't have Mika Fitzpatrick in it. Just, just think about that. And then, and then, then yeah, say, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, but I mean, if you've got a franchise car, I think anybody, like, yes, 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 you're you right. Believe, if you believe Josh Allen is a franchise quarterback and is going to be, you know, people were comparing him to Ben Roethlisberger going into the draft. If you believe that Josh Allen is Ben Roethlisberger, then you'd rather have Josh Allen than Minka Fitzpatrick. But that said, the Dolphins really didn't have the ammo to get him now maybe could they have packaged other picks because you also have the other uh you know that you have to juxtapose that next to the all the evidence saying that the dolphins had no interest in trading up to get a quarterback as well because they were all in on ryan Tannehill. so whether or not they could have i think it's hard to believe that they would have put been able to put together a better package uh, of picks considering what Buffalo gave up to move into that number seven pick. Um, but I, I suppose it, it, it's possible if we would have given up a ton. The final tweet that we're going to share comes from our good friend, Admiral Dolphin. And Admiral Dolphin says, the Dolphins will defeat the Bills, Patriots, Vikings, Jags, and Bills before beating the Ravens, Steelers, Chiefs, and Rams in that order and winning the Super Bowl and forcing Aaron the Hater to admit he's a fool for hating on the greatest franchise ever. Well, there's one problem with that. Yes, the problem is that the Dolphins can't face the Ravens and the Steelers. Right. Wouldn't work. Right. right. Uh, if the Dolphins were to make the playoffs, um, then the Ravens, well, I, I guess, well, maybe, is he saying, I guess, no, they, I guess, but they, they, they couldn't win the division. Could, I mean, yes, I guess you're right. That's right. They would, they would win the division in this, in and this. And the Patriots would not get in as a wild card. So it would take the Patriots, you know, almost losing out. And then the Ravens getting in as a wild card and then the Dolphins. So maybe Admiral Dolphin has thought this out. 
It seems, seems very hard to believe. But at any rate, that is going to wrap us up for this episode of The Same Old Dolphin Show. We will be back after the game on Sunday to talk about the Dolphins' encounter with the Buffalo Bills, a, a team that we once had hate for. We, we once used to have the kind of vitriol towards the Bills that we now have towards the Jets. But, you know, with, with, with time and uh, the, uh, bus, both of our teams just sort of fading into mediocrity, the sort of vitriol has gone out of the relationship and now it just sort of is a relationship. Um, but at any rate, we will be back after that game on Sunday to, to talk about it, to break it all down and see if the Dolphins are one step closer to a good tra- draft pick or one step further away. That'll be what happens next time on the same old Dolphins show. But until then, take care of yourselves and each other. We will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins!